Hello. Welcome to the Colton and Joe Show, episode 110. So we're, it really was quite a long time ago when we hit 100 episodes, and episodes have been coming out, like, very infrequently as the summer has gotten busier and busier. Check, it's been almost three weeks to the day since we last uploaded an episode. That was our all-AFC West team. Um... But we're going to be flushing. We're going to go back to. We're going to finish our all. I'm not. Not our all. We're going to finish our record predictions for every team in the NFL. Of course, today we're going to be doing the all um, the AFC North record predictions as well as the AFC South. Um, so obviously the AFC North, which is a division we're very accustomed to, and the South, um, which is the one which is a division we're less accustomed to, but good discussion as i've mentioned it has been a long time i already said that three times now but we're going to be going over a lot of news as well a lot of stuff's been going on um nba free agency happened there's a there's another super team the lakers um and then that's now how there's now two super teams in the nba so get some russell westbrook love there um there was a lot of stuff that shook up whenever free agency came around um chicago bulls are back in business yeah, the Bulls just got absolutely stacked. The Pacers kind of had a very Pacers-like offseason. Um, they love yeah. Dougie McBuckets. I thought Dougie, Mc, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott, um, a lot because um, didn't he? He was drafted by the Bulls, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he ended up ending up on the Pacers later on in his career, and he signed with the Spurs. It said that he the reports came out that he signed with the Spurs. But then some, for some reason, he ended up getting like traded, and I'm not sure what that was all about. But he, we ended up getting a second-round pick for him, which is better than nothing, I guess. <clears throat> but it's been an interesting night. You got DeMar, the Bulls got DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, um, along with like Vucevic. The guy you already traded for. Yeah, We got like three All-Stars in the lineup now. It's, uh, this is, I'm very excited as a Bulls fan. This is the best team I've ever witnessed because um, I started being a Bulls fan. Um, like right before Derrick Rose got traded when he was like his MCL was torn really the entire season. So I didn't get to watch him really play. And the best season of Bulls basketball I've seen was like Jimmy Butler and Pau Gasol where they you know, like made the playoffs and lost in the first round, like got sweeped. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I, I saw Zach Levine. It's just like not not won four games in a row, like at all in his time with the Bulls. <laughs> He's not won four games in a row since uh, his days in college. Yeah, but then he won four straight uh, in the Olympics. So that's what I, how that came up. But I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Um, but they should be winning at least four games in a row this year. That, that's just, that's a really nice squad. Um, it is. Did I'm excited. Did you have much going on in the draft? I didn't really follow that. We had a second round pick. Um, it was a good pick too. We got Ao Desunmu, who was a uh, point guard from Illinois. He won the award for best point guard in the nation in college last season. Um, you know he's an electric guy. He did pretty good in this, or you know he did. He struggled a bit in a summer league debut, but there were definitely some flashes there. His passing looked pretty solid. Um. 
He might get some rotational minutes, maybe. We'll see. Um, we brought in the abs- the GOAT, Alex Caruso. So the, our, our guard play, um, I don't know how many minutes AO might actually see, barring injury. But I like that. It's a good pick. And we got our pick from last year. Our second-round pick was a draft and stash player. So, like, we drafted him, but he was still signed to a contract in some other country. So he couldn't play until this year. So he's back now, Marco Simonovic. So um, I'm excited. Excited for the future of Chicago basketball. As a Pacers fan, I cannot say uh, we had such an exciting offseason. They were involved in a lot of rumors and stuff. But um, once Fred and C came around, we resigned TJ McConnell, as I mentioned. We signed some, like, a couple of, like, rotational guys. But, you know. Our draft was interesting. We did try. I think we traded. We traded up to like the thirty-first pick and picked uh, a power forward. And then earlier in the draft, we picked Chris Duarte from Oregon as a sharpshooter kind of player like that. I saw his, some of his highlights from summer league. Yeah, made a couple nice shots. You know, it was okay, but nothing too crazy. The, the, the Pacers summer league first game did not go so well. They like had a, a and let the other team just like score right away. And it was, I saw that uh, as kind of like a low light, but <laughs> there was there was a night like Chris Duarte had like a two hand like spike down, like he got a block, and it was like that was pretty cool. But other than that, it hasn't been anything too crazy over the top, you know. We're we're barring for another eight seed, <laughs> uh, so we'll see how it goes. The Matos Sabonis will carry that. We all we already know that. Michelle, see, it's Karis LeVert season. Karis LeVert, I know. I didn't, did Oladipo, is, did Oladipo resign yet? I didn't even check. Yeah, he resigned with the Heat. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't remember that. Whenever they traded Oladipo, I was quite sad. And you did tell me that LeVert might already be better than him. And you were right. LeVert? Yeah, I, didn't I think even, right now like, LeVert's better. But, um, traded to the Pacers, I didn't get to watch as many games. But he was really going off. Like, I saw a lot of highlights. And just recently, I saw that he was, like, had six of the top, like, ten scoring games. Like, he scored over – he was, like, scored the most points out of the Pacers whenever, like, per, per game by, like, a pretty wide margin, I think. So He's, he's very good. He's definitely yeah, a well player. So, so yeah, it was, it's a, it was a good trade. Obviously, the, the Heat get a – with Oladipo as well, but he's pretty injury-prone in his – the latter days, so – he still brings that good defense. And you know what? That's that's very important to Miami Heat culture. So, um, but it has been like you said. It's been like three weeks. So, uh, what have you been up to? How's your past three weeks been? Um, let us know. Well, it's been it's been a lot of the same. I've been going on like a lot of different like camps and stuff. Have been going on. So I've been in and out. There was a family camp that we were both at with with the buddies. And that was a good time. Um, I've just been, it's either I'm not home or I, uh, so it's been, it's been a busy three weeks to say the least. I've been doing a lot of summer homework too, because I have a lot of summer homework and I've, so I've been working on that some, obviously. I've been checking in on the sports stuff, um, just like pretty much, pretty much basic stuff for the summer, but it has been tiring. I've been Taking a lot of naps recently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> facts. Uh, pretty much same here. We had, we had that you know we were at the same at the family camp with the with the homies. 
having some fun times there. I don't was that, I don't know if I've even recorded since I went to I was on a mission trip to Texas a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I, I even recorded since then. I don't even remember, but that was fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess not. So yeah, I went on a mission trip to Brownsville, Texas. Pretty fun, pretty fun. Uh, and then came back, chilled for a week, and then went to family camp. Um, I've just been really chilling out at the house here mainly. Um, you know, been hitting the gym in the mornings. I've been going really early in the mornings though, so I'm also kind of snoozing midday. Um, but just you know, normal stuff, normal stuff. Trying to get back into the habits. I've also got some summer homework that I put off until the last minute. Um, I'm definitely not going to have enough time to do it, so I don't know how that's going to work, but I'll figure something out. Um, and yeah, watching watching basketball until that ended. Um, until the Bucks won the championship. Now I'm watching summer league. Um, was keeping up with the draft, obviously. Um, just you know, hanging out, hanging up. Uh, free agency in the NBA it's is always fun. A high school, like two high school students, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. average stuff. <laughs> Nothing too too crazy for us, but hey. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Oh, it's cool. Yeah, it, it was family camp was was an interesting. It's always like the same because it's it's there's not really a structured. So there's only like one thing going on. Sometimes it will get boring, and you have to kind of find ways to find things to do and whatever. You know, mm-hmm. posting up little kids, making them. Man, I didn't. I did make a. I didn't make a kid cry because of my post moves. I can always he say that. He did. He did. We had a basketball tournament at family camp, which was pretty fun. I thought it was going to be 5v5, so I was, like, locked in. And ready yeah, to I thought it was going to be 5v5, too. I didn't know. Yeah, so I was, yeah, I was ready to go with with all the, with everyone, uh, like, on the same team. And then uh, when I got there, I found it was 3v3, so I had to join. A, I was a free agent there for a little bit, and we, I, my team was not that good. Because <laughs> I'm not that good, and I was, I was good. Me and the other kid were pretty, like, I'm not that much worse than he is, and the other kid was pretty booty cheeks. So it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we had me and, and yes. my two friends, and we ended up uh, the two two guys that are friends of both of ours, and my team ended up taking the W in the championship, undefeated. Um, it was, it, it was a good it was a good round. We played some very good games. Joe's team was the only Our team team. that gave us a real fight, though. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. they were the closest game Our we had. Close for like a little bit, and then you guys just just like put on the put on the gas. I had to cover like. Uh, a kid that um, is very athletic, and I did not do so good of a job when I kind of diced up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it wasn't bad. I was I didn't have high expectations once I found out. I, I knew you guys were going to win because you're three people that, like, actually play basketball and are good at basketball. So it wasn't really even close for most of the games against you guys, like with you guys. We, we had – my team had, like, the, quote, close game with you guys. We kept it close for a little bit and then fell behind. Then we had a really close game with another team, and the player that was booty cheeks just absolutely sold. I was I was like kind of upset about that. I wasn't as they like they like kid on our team was he was so mad. It was funny. He's running. He was like stormed off the court. It was like I was like this is pretty fun turn. to say the least. Um, because it, it was gonna go into overtime. If we just held the ball, we were gonna get the ball first, and it was just gonna be next to score wins. Um, but just like. As the time, because we played to five minutes or twenty-one points, I think, and um, he just like took a three shot and completely airballed it. 
and the other team got the ball and scored right away. So uh, it was it was a little I was a little bit annoyed, but I like I knew we weren't going to make up much further than that anyway. So it wasn't like the end of the world. Yeah, I was I was sad to hear that news, but yeah, past three weeks have just been chilling. You know, we're just high school guys doing some pretty normal teenage summer activities. To to be fair, so. I guess since we have been off for three weeks, the news has piled up. There is a good, good, good bit of it. So we can get into it. And we're going to start off with something that we've been talking about for you know weeks now. Um, the Aaron Rodgers saga has basically um, come to a resolution, finally. Um, so there was stuff, you know, they offered him a two-year contract extension that was just for Buco Bucks, and he turned it down. You know, everyone's like, he didn't want to be here. Um, they've officially Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have agreed to a deal in which he will play this season and then depart after the season. So he will be the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback this year. And then next year he's out the door, um, whether, you know, he signed somewhere else or a release, whether it's a trade deal, he's out after this year. Um, Jordan Love will presumably take over the starting role, which I'm very excited to see. I'm a Jordan Love guy, but, um, and then because of that, Devontae Adams and the Packers have broken off their extension talks. Um, you know, I don't, there's not really word on why, but they were, they were in talks for a big old Buko Bucks extension that was going to make them the highest paid wide receiver. And the, the talks just broke off. And it's not looking good for Green Bay. Is there's a chance that Devontae Adams is just out of there once, uh, once Aaron Rodgers leaves. If Devontae Adams leaves, I'm telling you this right now, I'm predicting it. If Devontae Adams leaves, he's going to Vegas. He's going to the Raiders. But... Um, uh, he, he might be out the door too. So we got a Rod gone after this season, and there's a good chance Devontae Adams is gone too. So how are we feel? It was, it was just like so out of the blue because he was just skipping. Tra- he was just skipping like the training camp and like the summer warm up, like the like pre camps and whatever. Um, and Rodgers was kind of in this like holdout type situation, and he came in, and for one, he was absolutely he was dripping. Man had like a man bun in, like. It's so like a kind of like a cool t-shirt. He like showed up with the and um he came in, he got like got a deal done for this year. This is like noted as their their last dance year as um kind of like the Bulls with Michael Jordan back in the day. And it's just funny, like Aaron Rodgers just comes in and, and he's just like, I want Randall Cobb right now. And I guess I'll break the news. They they the package traded for Randall Cobb. I was like a fifth round pick, maybe. <laughs> and, yeah, um, those are six. Funny, it's just like Aaron Rodgers just came in, and they were just like, "We'll do anything, like try and try and get you some, <laughs> make him a little bit happier." But I, I thought that was, I thought that was funny. I think Randall Cobb's on a really bad contract; like he's getting paid a butt ton of money right now. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's another weapon for him now. That you had Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and. Robert Tonyan with with Aaron Jones and a pretty solid line. Like it's going to be a good year. The Packers are going to mm-hmm. be good again, I'm sure. But after yeah. that, we'll see what's going on. We could have some big stars moving around the league, and I am down for it. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. Um, so more another, you know, another one of the big sagas that was going on was the Deshaun Watson saga. It's still not resolved in the way that um, you know. There's all those allegations about him. 
and they're still going on. You know, they're still under investigation. But finally, the Texans are listening to trade offers for Deshaun Watson reportedly, and the asking price is supposedly at least three first-round picks. So the team that I guess will break some more news later, but the team that I was thinking of was the Miami Dolphins. I, I was saying the Miami Dolphins from the start. I was thinking that the Dolphins would be the ones who trade for him. And then Xavier and Howard came out and requested a trade recently. So I was like, Tua Tagovailoa, Xavier Howard, and a first-round pick or two first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. That's like the best package you're going to get. But there's some more stuff that, that went on later that we'll get to with the Xavier Howard stuff in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, um, Deshaun Watson is officially like actually on the market at this point. So mm-hmm. I, I'm still thinking Miami. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to predict it, if he's leaving, I think it's going to be Miami. But not sure. What are you feeling? If I had to make a prediction, I was I I was all in on Carolina before they already before they traded for Sam Darnold. So um, that that would have been my prediction. I don't I don't really know. The Miami makes sense. I know Philadelphia's been in talks and stuff, but I'm not sure how much like actual like capital and stuff the the Eagles have to make a move like that. So I'm not gonna. Be right. I don't really. I haven't really thought about it too much. But I, I definitely like. I like the Dolphins make some sense. But yeah, as you mentioned, I'm not sure about uh, the trade you proposed. <laughs> if that's going to come yeah. true anymore, it's not going to come true anymore. But it would have been a very good trade as of like last week. Yeah. Um, so now there was a bunch of talk. Um, the 49ers uh, would they start Jimmy G? What the what's the deal going to be? They drafted Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance reportedly is looking very, very good in camp. Um, but Kyle Shanahan came out and said that San Francisco will not have an open quarterback competition. Uh, Jimmy G is QB1. Trey Lance is QB2. Uh, he did say that Trey Lance would be he, – he would see the field in different sets. I think it's going to be a, a kind of a situation like we saw last year with Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett where – or even with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts where you kind of put Trey Lance in on some read option plays or some designed QB runs or just some – some kind of stuff to try to throw off the defense. Yeah, I think that's probably what he's going to be used as. But don't be surprised if Jimmy G gets traded. Um, either before the season or midseason, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Um, just looking at the situation, they love Trey Lance. In all reports, Trey Lance is absolutely balling in, in camp and is just looking amazing. And, you know, for all I know, this is just Kyle Shanahan doing Kyle Shanahan things, trying to be like, raising the stock of jimmy g and so everybody wants to trade for him but um for now at least jimmy g is qb1 trey lance is qb2 there is no open quarterback competition yeah that's what they're saying um but yeah there's also been a lot of talk like some there was a i think it was trent williams said that um trey lance is like a generation generational qb talent and he was making all kind of crazy throws Obviously, he was an athletic guy, someone we we praise ourselves in our mock draft and coming up to the, the draft episodes, we talked about how he was a pretty raw. I think the, the Niners are definitely a good spot for him. Um, I actually mocked that one right, but you didn't. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wait, I'm not, go I ahead, rub it in. The mock draft didn't go so well. We we tied. I think we both had like six. Yeah, six we had like draft. six or seven. Somewhere I don't know. There. But... Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation. We'll see how long that open QB competition, like the no open QB competition lasts because of how 
how much praise he's been getting, but I definitely see how we could be talking about maybe talking about some Jimmy G stuff. So maybe someone want to trade for him. But I don't know what team would be interested in Jimmy G. He's getting paid a lot of money, and uh, he's serviceable. Definitely, like I'm a I'm a pretty big Jimmy G guy, but I'm realistic and and knowing that he's not some like like he's not a QB that's gonna gonna really carry you to a Super Bowl. So I don't know what team would be interested in that. Maybe uh, a Broncos. No, I'm not sure about that even. Didn't he pretty much have like three QBs that are not drastically different yeah. from each other? Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe like Indy, just because Carson Wentz is out yeah. currently. Um, and that's good. I guess that's a whole different piece of news that we'll get to in a bit. But um, yeah, Andy could be a, a a thing. I don't know. Just thinking out loud here. Mm-hmm. But um, now we have one retirement, um, and it seems like it's been so long ago. But it's uh, Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Vince Williams. Um, officially retired from the NFL, which is weird because uh, he played last season. He was looking good, and he actually got released for cap space. Um, he was he came out and he was like, "Man, I don't want to go anywhere else besides Pittsburgh. Like I'm Pittsburgh through and through." And then they re-signed him, and he was like, "All right, Vince Williams is back." They re-signed. I think we just reported that they re-signed him last episode, and then like a week later, uh, he just retired. So uh, he's an older guy, definitely. He was. He's definitely like a great story in the NFL, just being um, a sixth round pick. He was a sixth round pick, I believe, uh, coming into Pittsburgh, spent his whole career here. Um, and then he he was, you know, like the best friend of uh, Ryan Shazier. Everybody knows that whole story. And then after Shazier went down, uh, Vince Williams took up his his legacy and took up the reign and became the starting linebacker and performed very well. And just a Pittsburgh, uh, you know, the, a Pittsburgh guy if I've ever seen one. But um, we, we definitely wish Vince Williams well in, in all his future endeavors. He's a great guy, great player for us Pittsburgh fans. So, yeah. Yes. And um, Vince Williams did, like, one of my Instagram posts one time. He liked an Instagram post. He might even – I don't remember if he commented. He might have commented. Um, I don't remember that exactly. I have a screenshot. Gallery. But that was, that was a long time ago. Um, I was back kind of in his glory days. But he, he was older, and his role was kind of diminishing on the team. Um, as you know, there's just Robert Spillane came in and he played played a lot. He kind of became that primary backup. And Devin Bush went down. He's like still didn't see the field that much more. So I get it. He was definitely older. And but yeah, he's a really solid guy. He worked all the way up from the practice squad, six round pick, as you said. <laughs> you gotta love Vince Williams. Like that's a a Pittsburgh type player right there. It is. It is. Um, and keeping the news in Pittsburgh, um, there's kind of a rumor going around, and nobody really knows if it's true or not, that James Washington, wide receiver, has requested a trade. Um, we talked about this a little bit off camera. Just he probably It's probably the right move for him. Uh, James Washington is a very talented wide receiver. Um, we know here, obviously being Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we know how good he was. He was the starting wide receiver two years ago for us, and he actually ended up leading the team in receiving yards two years ago. Um, he's a very solid player, sure hands, plays like a big guy, even though he's a littler guy. He's, you know, he's a very good receiver, but, you know, they drafted Claypool, and Claypool's now the starter. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju are now the starters, and James Washington kind of falls backwards out of the fold a bit. Um, and just hasn't really been seen. He didn't see much, many snaps last season. He wasn't seeing snaps in the offseason. He didn't see many snaps in the Hall of Fame game. And there was, you know, a report that he came out and requested a trade. But then Mike Tomlin came out afterwards and was like, no, he didn't request a trade. So uh, nobody really knows what the deal is, whether he did or whether he didn't. The thing is, even if 
um, he didn't request a trade, or if he didn't request a trade, there's a chance Juju Smith-Schuster leaves this offseason and James Washington is inserted into the starting lineup anyway. So, um, and I, you know, I don't exactly know what the situation is going to be here. I was just throwing that out there. You got any thoughts as as a fellow Steelers fan? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was definitely like almost in support. Such a good, like a player that was really good, but it was definitely like the right move to kind of put in a dead end position in Pittsburgh, where there's three players that are clearly like out front of him and they're like higher in the depth chart and get more snaps. He didn't see much time in the preseason game, um, from what I've heard. I watch it and then, uh, yeah, and, like practice and stuff gives him a good much time with the like the first team, so, but um, I, I'm, I'm kind of I don't know, like, it's, it seems kind of suspicious. Like, why would someone just make up that James Washington requested a trade? Uh, but, obviously, I don't think Mike Tom. So, yeah, there's a lot of black TV reporters out there that say a lot of black stuff. Um, obviously, he has not been traded. But Des Bryant was, Des Bryant was out here saying that, like, if he's, like, a parent team and need a top-tier wide receiver, you need to trade for James Washington. I think that was... That was interesting. You know, Des Bryant to say, as um, James Washington is relatively unproven, but yeah, he's made some big catches. And uh, that specifically, I know there's one that always comes to mind, like down the sideline, made a pretty cool catch. And a game against the Patriots that like had big playoff implications back a couple of years ago. And you know, that was a pretty big turning moment. They uh, tend to have some some trouble versus. Yeah. Um, Versus the those type of <clears throat> defenses, like especially stuff on Gilmore and stuff, that always be so physical. I know, I don't know why this is a weird tangent, but um, Juju would always talk about how hard it was playing stuff on Gilmore because he was relatively like um, physical compared to other cornerbacks, which I thought was interesting. But yeah, yeah. Um, next piece of news. Michael Thomas. We we got a lot of injury news here. We'll, we'll just kind of go three. Three straight pieces of news regarding injuries. Um, Michael Thomas, he had that ankle injury that was kind of bugging him all last season. He missed a lot of time with a that he suffered, you know, week one or two. Um, he ended up getting surgery on it mid-off season. He will be missing the start of the season. There's no word on just exactly the timetable for his return, but he's definitely going to miss the start of the season. Um, next, you have two Colts. Um, we kind of, I kind of alluded to Carson Wentz before. Carson Wentz, we, we talked about he suffered a bit of a foot injury in practice, and nobody really knew how bad it was. Um, both Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, so the two most important pieces to the Colts offense, um, had to undergo foot surgery. Both of them did, and they're both going to miss approximately 5 to 12 weeks. So if you're the Colts, there's not a bigger blow that you could have just suffered than your starting quarterback and you know the best offensive lineman in the league that's on your team. Um, just ridiculous. It's so I feel very, very bad for them. Uh, you know, they're always a team that is kind of injury prone. But you know, your quarterback and Quentin Nelson both go down for five or twelve weeks. That's definitely going to affect them. Um, we'll see what this does. You know, they were definitely in the running for for the uh, AFC South title. We'll see how this affects their record. But um, and then the other piece of injury news we have here. It seems like this is another thing that seems like it happened forever ago just because we've been gone so long. Cam Akers um, tore his Achilles and will be out for the season. He was a guy that a lot of fantasy guys were talking about could be a first-round pick. Everyone wanted a piece of Cam Akers. 
Um, you know, they're such a run heavy football team and they thought he was just going to be a workhorse next season. Well, he tore his Achilles. It's really tough. He's a second year running back. He showed flashes that he could be a very, a very special running back and comes on just has an injury like this. It's really rough to see, especially for a team that uh, could be in Super Bowl contention, even um, in the, in the LA Rams there with, with Stafford. So it's sad to see. Um, so Michael Thomas is going to miss the start of the season as well as Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, and the Cam Akers will miss the entire season. Yeah, <clears throat> Cam Akers, that is a tough, that's a tough, um, tough injury to see. Um, yeah, as you said, he's shown some splashes. I don't really think he might have been a little bit overrated at the end of the year. But I, <clears throat> you know, I'm not, I was not wishing an injury upon him by any means. As Michael Thomas, too, that was such an interesting situation. They're talking about how he was like skipping calls from like Sean Payton and whatever, and then came out with like, this cryptic tweet all about how um, like people are trying to ruin my reputation or whatever, and that was kind of an interesting thing that happened just a couple of days ago. Um, but definitely the Colts took the biggest hit. You're starting quarterback and your best offensive lineman by mile. You're going to be rocking with Jacob Eason. <laughs> or you know, I heard um, Jake. I, everyone thinks Jacob Eason is going to be the starter, but I heard rumors that. Sam Ellinger is, is running with the first team in practice. Sam Ellinger. Well, <clears throat> you know, that's that's tough either way. <laughs> Jacob Beeson was just was drafted in like the third round or, I don't know, that was a couple years ago. They drafted Sam <clears throat> Ellinger this year in like the fifth round. Sam I think Ellinger. Beeson was like a second or third round pick last year. I'm, I'm rocking with Sam Ellinger, though. Like, I could see that. <laughs> I could see it. We'll see. For a couple weeks, like hopefully, I think there's a pretty like he'll miss the first couple weeks, but I think it's <clears throat> like pretty. I think it's projected to be back by like week two or something. So, uh, all that I've heard is that he, the the Colts say he will be back in the first the first half of the season. Is basically what they say. Like they're hoping they will be back the first half of the season. So that could be you know they said five to twelve weeks. Five weeks could from now could be week two. Twelve weeks from now um, would definitely not be week two. Wait, I could be halfway through the year, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But, and it's the this same thing all, with Quentin Nelson. I think this is all a strategy by the Colts to make sure they get that first round pick next year. There, because <laughs> we no, it's the opposite. The Colts, the Colts only. I think they get a. Oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. If he doesn't yeah, play all this, then then uh, they get a first-round pick. It's like they get the first-round pick if he – they don't – the first-round pick turns into a second-round pick if he plays 75% of the season or the season or 70% and they make the playoffs, I think. Yeah. I knew it was 70%, and I thought it might have been a winning record, but that's close enough. I, like, I don't study up on trade clauses. So, <laughs> um, either way, it's – it's a tough loss for the Colts. Michael Thomas, that's obviously like Jameis Winston is probably going to start. That's a lot of reports have been coming out that he's been getting most of the first team reps and stuff from, because in the beginning of the year was going hell was still getting some reps and stuff like that. So it's still solid. Like the Saints still kept a pretty solid team, even though they had a lot of like cap issues and stuff. So hopefully it won't be too big of a problem. Um, but definitely the Colts, like where are you going to this? If it's twelve weeks, like you like you said, that's like that's late. That's the late season, and you kind of at that point, if your backups aren't playing at a high level, then you're kind of like already out of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. 
so yeah, I, I don't really know what the scenario is going to be there with them. Um, it's, it's really tough to tell. Um, moving on, um, the Minnesota Vikings have released cornerback uh, Jeff Gladney. He was their first-round pick just like last season. <laughs> was looking pretty rough. Uh, Cameron Dantzler, he was like their third-round pick in the corner. Just, you know, really, really outshined him. And, yeah, just... He had some he had some issues with the law. I'm not 100 percent sure what they were. I believe he was indicted on something recently. I don't I can't remember for the life of me what it was. But he had some run-ins with the law. He had a really rough rookie season, and they just you know they're done with him. Uh, glad he's like, Minnesota's not a very good team in terms of drafting. I feel like this, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota gets so many different so many draft busts like every year. I mean, they obviously got. Justin Herbert, or sorry, Justin Jefferson, who was an absolute monster last season. But it just feels like there's so many draft busts out of Minnesota. Um, that's just a random yeah. thing, but not, not too big of a deal in Gladney. Now we're going to get into uh, the two trades that have happened since. Um, you already said one of them, Houston traded Randall Cobb to the Packers for a sixth-round pick. And then another trade involved Houston again. Uh, the Bears traded wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Texans for a fifth round pick. So yeah, it was, it's interesting. Uh, the bears swapped a fifth round and a sixth round pick in order to move Randall Cobb into Anthony Miller, which is good. Anthony Miller, you know, last season was, it was a pretty, or two seasons ago, Anthony Miller looked very good. Um, this season, I guess last season they brought in Darnell Mooney, the rookie who kind of took some of the heat away from him. Um, Mooney looked pretty good. For sure, um, Mooney's definitely like if you're a fantasy guy, Mooney's a good target this season. Uh, he can he'll, he'll see some improved target shares with Andy Dalton and uh, and or Justin Fields. But yeah, Anthony Miller is a Texan. He'll probably be a starting wide receiver. And then Houston um, trades Cobb to Green Bay. Cobb for is back for Aaron Rodgers' last ride. He just wanted his pal back. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't have too much to say about those trades. But Colton does bring up fantasy, and we haven't. I'm not sure what's going on with my fantasy situation this this season. But Colton sent me his team. He always gets in his pain league. We talked about it a lot last year, and he just got his his team is absolutely juiced. Like there's no, I have no idea about other good players. His team is absolutely like yeah, filled to the brim with like top tier guys. Like if he doesn't, there's no way he doesn't win. Honestly, if barring injury to like a lot of players, I think you got to be chilling. Like your team. Is just deuced. Like, should I don't be. Know. It's I don't good. Know. You fleece those guys. I did a second draft uh, the other day in a different league. This one was a twelve-man league, and my team's not like it's not bad, but it's not like amazing. My my ten-team league was just so good. I can I know my starters are uh, Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. AJ Brown, Cow Pitts. And I have Michael Thomas <laughs> rotting on my bench. <laughs> so my team is just my team is very stacked in that league. Yeah, I've I've been getting into some fantasy lately. I really like I'm I'm getting hyper for whatever sort of fantasy I get in this year. And it, Yeah. I I don't think so. I really just want to get in an active fantasy league. That's like Getting to have people that play the whole year long, but especially if you're getting like you can get in like random leagues with people just on like ESPN app, 
in fantasy app, you can just get put in with randoms, but they never like actually pay attention to it past like week two. That's even like yeah. if it's with no more, I, like they never that pay that much attention. So I really want to try to find an active one. Yeah, it's it's so tough to get a, a league full of people that actually are going to pay attention. It's such a pain in the butt. But yeah, um, we're gonna we got a lot of signings, so we'll kind of just well, I guess we only have like four signings. But we can speed through the signings here. Um, the Miami Dolphins are signing linebacker Shaquem Griffin, um, a very popular player. The, he had the condition that uh, causes him to only have one hand. Brother of uh, Jaguars corner Shaquille Griffin. Uh, Shaquem Griffin looked at it with Seattle at times, um, was, was cut, and then Miami signs him now. Dallas is signing safety Malik Hooker. Everyone and their mom thought Malik Hooker was signing with Pittsburgh. Um, and then he ended up he ended up going to Dallas. There was so much talk. Everything on Twitter was talking about Malik Hooker to Pittsburgh. He came out and was like, oh, I would love to go to Pittsburgh. And, and, you know, Twitter talking about it. But he ended up going to Dallas. Um, Baltimore is signing Justin Houston, the edge rusher, for one year, $4 million. That was a, that's another Pittsburgh thing because Pittsburgh was reportedly very close to signing Justin Houston. They threw out the first offer, and he was prepared to sign with them. But going into the offseason, he said that he wanted to go to Baltimore. And after uh, Pittsburgh offered it to him and he was going to sign, Baltimore threw him out an offer. There was less money than Pittsburgh's, but he wanted to go to Baltimore so mad that uh, he just ended up signing with Baltimore. And yeah. uh, the last one, New Orleans is signing former Falcons running back Devontae Freeman uh, to a one-year deal. Freeman, obviously one of the better running backs in football for you know four or five years span in, in Atlanta with with Matty Ice and Julio Jones and all the gang there and it was so yeah uh, Miami signing Shaquem Griffin Dallas signing Malik Hooker Baltimore signing Justin Houston New Orleans signing Devontae Freeman yeah <clears throat> so uh, Malik Hooker that's kind of tough because yeah I thought he was going to come come to Pittsburgh and our safety depth is like garbage right now behind <laughs> like Minka and Terrell Edmonds, we've got like fifth round picks and like random guys. Like we, like Malik Cook would have been a really nice backup, or even someone that could like got playing time, um, which yeah. would have been obviously that wasn't in the cards. And then Justin Houston too was a guy that was. There was a lot of rumors with him in Pittsburgh, and he ended up going to the Ravens. Well, we got someone else, but I don't know if we. I don't know if that's coming up later or if um, we already mentioned it, but obviously the Steelers signed Melvin Ingram this offseason too to be a rotational edge rusher slash like DN or whatever. So we we get our, we like we got some depth and stuff, but I, I do wish we would have some better safety depth because if Trellemans or Minka Fitzpatrick goes down with injury, then we're just going to be like wide open. It's like, <laughs> oh, we might have, yeah. no, do we have some? I just thought Sean did. Sean Davis is pretty good, but he's no make it. No, I don't think we have, we don't have Sean Davis anymore. He's just on the Colts, I think. We he did. We, I know, we did. I don't, yeah, he might have left. I wasn't. Yeah, he. he I think he left this off season and signed with. I want to say he signed with Indy. But yes, <clears throat> yeah. Our Sir, backups are like Eric Davis Jr. is American football player for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Um. We have. What's his face? Jordan Dangerfield, so and uh, maybe who else? Like, does Marcus Allen still play safety sometimes? I know he kind of converted to linebacker. I don't know. Yeah, if he, I, 
I don't know if he's Bang, still, sure. Is really on the depth chart as a backup Rock, safety. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, now we get there's a lot of signing, or the, you know, there are four signings. There's a lot of of extensions and re-signings, a lot of them. So we're we're just gonna bust into this. Uh, first off, a huge re-signing of San Francisco 49ers linebacker Fred Warner um, played like potentially the best linebacker in football last season. Um, a crazy good season for Fred Warner, and he gets absolutely paid a five-year, ninety-five million dollar deal. Um, making him the highest-paid inside linebacker in the NFL. Um, crazy deal for a crazy linebacker. Had a breakout season this year. Cleveland re-signing their star running back, Nick Chubb, for the three years, $36.6 million. Um, getting their guy locked down, one of the best backs in the NFL. Cincinnati is re-signing defensive end Sam Hubbard for four years, $40 million. I know you're a Sam Hubbard fan. I remember you talking about watching Sam Hubbard and just, you know, seeing his value, watching Cincinnati play as them being in the same division. Washington re-signing defensive lineman Jonathan Allen to a four-year, $72 million deal, um, you know, locking down one of the key pieces to that crazy defensive line. Washington yeah. is also re-signing tight end Logan Thomas to a three-year deal. He, uh, they came into the season with, like, tight end by committee, basically, like, no real starters. There was him, there was, like, Jeremy Sprinkle and you know, all these weird dudes and Thaddeus Moss and everything. Nobody knew what it was going to be, but Logan Thomas broke out last season, especially towards the end, uh, started playing extremely well. So they got him locked down. Indianapolis re-signing um, offensive tackle Braden Smith to a four-year, $70 million deal. New Orleans re-signing linebacker Quan Alexander to a one-year, $3 million deal. Buffalo, the crazy, crazy big signing here for Buffalo. They re-signed their quarterback, Josh Allen, for a six years, $258 million. So that is the second highest uh, contract in NFL history, um, only second to Patrick Mahomes, who got his, you know, $500 million, seven years or whatever the heck his contract was, something insane. Um, Buffalo gives Josh Allen the second largest contract in NFL history. At six years, $258 million, um, getting paid like $43 million a season. Absolutely insane. Um, in the last re-signing, the Indianapolis Colts re-signing their star linebacker, Darius Leonard, to a five-year, $99.25 million contract. Um, you're nuts. You know, crazy for, for Darius Leonard. And I, I was looking, I sent Joe something just talking about the crazy impact of Darius Leonard talking about like, you know, since he came into the league, I'll see if I can find it. It was just like all the crazy statistics of, of him since he came into the league. Here it is. Since entering the league, 9.9 tackles for game per game, which is first among linebackers, one tackle for loss per game, first among linebackers, 15 sacks, first among linebackers, nine forced fumbles, first among linebackers and seven interceptions, second among linebackers. So since he's come into the league in like 2017 or 2018, whenever it was, he's still very young. He's been, you know, one of the most productive linebackers in football. Absolutely crazy player. So just to kind of re recap all of these re-signings, I know we, we couldn't really go into detail. There's so many of them with all of them. But so many good players getting re-signed there. We've got um, Fred Warner, Nick Chubb, Sam Hubbard, Jonathan Allen, Logan Thomas, Braden Smith, Quan Alexander, Josh Allen, and Darius Leonard all getting re-signed. Yeah, and honestly, <clears throat> I think all like I, all those seemed like very fair re-signings. Like I feel like all those players are really good, especially you know like Josh Allen is obviously a guy who's going to get paid one way or another. 
after having such a great year. And he's there's no like reason to think he's going to be regressing anytime soon. Like there's no major industry, injury history, anything. All those signings, like I'm a big fan. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know if you could hear me there for a second. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good good set of some re-signings there. Obviously, I think Jonathan Allen was really one of the better interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Yeah. Like a guy like that, he got paid a lot of money. But I think it's honestly worth it, considering the premium that you're at when you have like interior defensive linemen like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. just not that many days in NFL that are like really stars so yeah for sure for sure um so we get to the last three pieces of news we have for you we kind of alluded to this on the Xavier Howard situation he came out and requested a trade there was a lot of rumors that he might want to request a trade he came out and actually did it recently um and you know they thought he was going to do it Brian Flores came out later the head coach and was like we don't want him to go anywhere you know he's one of the best players in the league um we do not want this guy to get on the market and they talked it through, and they agreed to a reworked contract. Um, you know, I believe it would make him the highest-paid corner on the team over Byron Jones now. They agreed to it. That, and they'd also agreed to it. was like a one-year reworked contract. So also they agreed that next season um, they're going to see what the corner market is, and then they're going to go out and probably make him the highest-paid corner. Um, they they agreed that they would re you know they would go back into extension talks next season once the corner market was reset and just you know seeing where everything is and go through and and make a decision and give him a nice a nice little payday next season so one of the best corners in the league uh, gets gets locked down finally and he's no no longer going anywhere so mm-hmm. yeah obviously a player just led the league in interceptions as well as someone who <clears throat> his relief blossomed into like a top five cornerback easily and um you know obviously that the, there's percent paid somewhere there were rumors maybe he'd show up in pittsburgh with his former teammate making Fitzpatrick, but that's kind of that was a pipe dream there's no way we would have enough money to pay him either so yeah. um, <laughs> so obviously it's a well-deserved uh restructure there yeah he's gonna get paid quite a lot so yeah you know, well, worthily, a lot. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so this one, you know, it's not doesn't have much of a bearing on bearing on anything. It's just kind of, it's sad. Um, the Mercedes Benz Superdome in New Orleans, you know, everybody knows this. The the Superdome is getting renamed. So uh, this season, it will no longer be the Mercedes Benz Superdome. It'll now it will now be the Caesars Superdome. So it, it's not like. That's not anything crazy. It doesn't have been much borrowing on anything. It's just like it's sad to see the Mercedes Benz Superdome not be a thing anymore. So, but what is it named now? The Caesars Superdome. Like Little Caesars? No, like Caesars Palace. Uh, okay. I was, I was like, he's one from Mercedes Benz, a little Little Caesars. Like that's kind of funny, but <laughs> no, like Caesars Palace, Caesars. I think it's not okay. Little Caesars Superdome. I don't think. But. That'd be um, funny, but like, yeah, it's fair. Yeah. And the last piece of news we have here is, is something that can could definitely have a big bearing on things. Um, so there's we know that the NFL is making this big push uh, for players to get the vaccine. 
the COVID vaccine. And obviously, we're not getting political. We're not going to be like, get the vaccine or don't get the vaccine. But the NFL is definitely pushing for its players to get the vaccine. Uh, yeah. Things are going to be a lot harder for players that don't have it. There's going to be way more protocols in place for those players. And the NFL came out and said, if games cannot be rescheduled due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, um, the team who had the outbreak will forfeit the game and suffer a loss for playoff seeding. So we didn't have that last year. Last year, you know, we had we saw a lot of outbreaks because of broken COVID protocols. Is like Tennessee was a big one that that happened with. We saw those outbreaks, and the games were just rescheduled at the cost of screwing over the other team, which is kind of how what happened with Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Um, as we saw Tennessee um, kind of have this COVID outbreak, and because of it, the Steelers ended up just not really having a bye week. Uh, they didn't get a bye week. They and then they were screwed over. They had to play 13 straight weeks after that with no buy. It, it was awful. Um, yeah, it was quite annoying, to say the least. Yeah, but um, now we know that if the games are not going to be able to get rescheduled because of COVID outbreaks um, among unvaccinated players, that, that there's no longer going to be. They're going to try to reschedule the games. But if the games are too tough to get rescheduled, you're just going to have to take the loss. and. <laughs> And suffer, you know, your your playoff seating could go down. So much, so much stuff can, so many implications can happen from one loss in the NFL. So, yeah, um, that's just that's just a big piece of news. Yeah, obviously, we're we not get political on the Colton and Joe show. That's <clears throat> that is the main. That's almost the main thing of the Colton and Joe show. So we don't get political over here. Oh, this is not a thing. We don't get political on the Colton and Joe show. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but um, it is funny because like the NFL says, like you don't have to get the the coronavirus vaccine, but if you don't, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, you can be screwing your team. Cole Beasley's on Twitter talking about it all the time about how just because he doesn't look at the vaccine, like he has to do a bunch of extra stuff. Cole Beasley is <laughs> Cole Beasley is something else with that. Once, like we're not, you know, like I said, we're not giving our opinion. And there's there's the players that advocate for it that you know most a lot of players are advocating for there's players that you know don't want to get it and which is fine like Kirk Cousins doesn't want to get it Lamar Jackson is you know doesn't know if he wants to get it yet there's a lot of players that don't know if they want to get Cole Beasley is like off the rockers yeah Cole Beasley is like a conspiracy theorist with this COVID stuff he's like I will not get the COVID vaccine and you will not make me do a thing like Cole Beasley is off his rockers it's like yeah, yeah, it's like arguing with his own teammates. Yeah, it's like almost to the point where it's humorous. Like, I don't know. It's ridiculous. There's like Matt Milano, his Bills teammate, was like just tweeted something about like, you know, hopefully like, we can all get the vaccine or something. And Colby is like, no, I will not be getting the vaccine and you cannot tell me what to do. <laughs> the bill the Bills were like beefing with each other on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Cole Beasley has gone off his rockers with this vaccine stuff. It's not. He's definitely the the biggest nut job in terms of the anti-vaccine stuff. Yeah, and almost is he's only second. He's only um first to Kirk Cousins. He's like, if I die, I die. (laughs) Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is like, I don't want to get the vaccine. But also, may I might bring in a a plexiglass bubble for me to stay in, so I don't infect anyone uh, <laughs> like, what? if you're that worried about it like, i feel like a lot of people that don't want to get the vaccine are just like i don't know what's in it and i don't care about like i'm not worried about covid like but kirk cousins like i am worried about covid but i will not get the vaccine 
<laughs> yeah, I know. It's... Like, I will bring a plexiglass shield into the facility, but I will not get the vaccine. So he, he's a bit of a strange case as well, but at least he's not being mean about it. Yeah, you're right. He's just like, I will not discuss not this be, matter. It's between me and my family. Yeah, he's Kobe not like, like, if you get the vaccine, you're a sheep and you're an idiot. Oh, it is interesting. I, I don't think, I feel like it's going to be, I feel like not that many games are going to get forfeited, uh, if really yeah, any. Probably not. We're kind of, we're past the prime of COVID at this point. I mean, the Delta variants, whatever, it's making its run back or whatever, but really we're, we're past the prime of, of COVID's reign. I doubt we'll even see games have to get rescheduled this season. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so, better better safe than sorry. Better to be prepared, so. For sure. And finally, like we're like I said, we're starting to this is this is kind of a new thing here. We got our intro, we got our outro, and we get into the thing, it's time to say we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the episode here. Finally. Um the ASC North and ASC South record predictions. And I'm lucky that we waited on the AFC South ones because uh the Carson Wentz news and the Quentin Nelson news definitely um will change my opinion on on where this team <laughs> falls in the standings yeah so you want to kick will, us off with it i will flip a coin pick heads or tails mm, heads no tails 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 never fails all right tails i allotted to the asc south okay so we'll be starting with the asc south um so, are we? Do we start from the bottom and go up, or do we start from the top and go down? I start from what the top think? and go down. All right. So I will start off hot. AFC South, the number one team, of my, in my opinion, the team with the best record in the AFC South this year will be the Tennessee Titans. I think they five record. You said twelve and five. Um, obviously, twelve and five. Yeah. Okay. And so, obviously. They made some of the biggest moves this offseason of any team, going out and trading for Holyoke Jones, <clears throat> as well as, you know, pick, they drafted Caleb Farley, which was a pick I really liked. So they, they made a lot of improvements to the team. And, um, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Titans overall. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill's a relatively good quarterback. Like, I think he's going to – he's not going to be a liability. <clears throat> and especially with that, like, really good reporting cast, he's still, the line's still good there. Now the defense is where it gets tough. The defense is still not. <laughs> They've got some secondary issues. The front seven has looked better in the past. And um, like yeah. it's not going to be, a, it's probably not going to be a top half defense. But the offense can definitely like keep up with most in the NFL. So I'm fairly confident the Titans are going to win this division, um, especially now with the new Colts information coming out. But I'm interested to see what you think. Uh, I agree. I believe the Titans will win the division, and I believe they will have a 12 and five record. So, uh, I guess great minds think alike. Like you said, they had a, they had a pretty solid offseason. Oh, I was under the impression that they lost Corey Davis, and they didn't really bring any true secondary wide receiver in to complement AJ Brown. I was under the impression that was going to be a real problem, and Ryan Tannehill was going to struggle. But then they go out and bring in you know potential you know possible top five wide receiver in football, Julio Jones, you know, Hall of Fame type talent. So. That's crazy. You know what I mean? They're they're looking like an extremely scary roster right now, especially offensively. You know, people forget they're gonna get back their star offensive lineman Taylor Lewan. 
defensively, you know, they bring in some pieces. You bring in uh, Bud Dupree. You kind of revamp your your secondary. You draft Caleb Farley, like you said, which was a which was a very good pick. Um, you, you just you, you know you let Malcolm Butler walk, and you bring in some new guys. Uh, I believe they brought Janoris Jenkins in. Uh, yeah, it's just they're really changing things up. I appreciate uh, what they're doing defensively. Their their defense it's still not amazing, but it's definitely better than what it was yeah. last season. Uh, yeah, by all sure. means. So last season they were what eleven and five, I think. Last season. Um, yeah, I think they were. So I think they just did that. Just that twelve and five, that much better. Yeah, yeah. I really don't know who like what team's gonna be stopping the Titans <clears throat> offense though. I don't think there's a lot that can that have two cornerbacks that can really keep up <clears throat> with the the two big head like wide receivers there with AJ Brown and Julio Jones. But then you also have to Derrick Henry. So I don't I don't know if I've ever seen an offense that has such a dominant running back like that, <clears throat> like Derrick Henry. That's going to be such a threat on his own. And then you also add in like a water receiving threat that's going to be a threat in every single play as well. Because they, they're both, well, A.J. Brown particularly is really good after the catch. And Julio Jones is no scrub after the catch. <laughs> Even in his older yeah. age, they're still, it's a threatening, threatening core. And they did lose Johnny Smith. And I'm not sure who the backup tight end, I don't know who like, the tight end there's going to be this year, but. Uh, Anthony Ferkser, most likely. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about the tight end situation. <laughs> you, you, you can pick your poison there, but um, definitely the only downfall is that their offense is definitely not. I mean, their defense is definitely not top tier, but Titans should be a contender for um, for maybe even maybe even a super contender. I don't know if that's too far to say at this point, but they're they made some nasty moves this offseason, and I'm, it should be a fun team to watch. <clears throat> now on to the second team, second place in the AFC South. I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs just because, well, I, they could, but I, I think it's unlikely. Colts, um, I have them going nine and eight with the injuries. I had them two wins higher. I had them for the injuries. But even if he's if he misses two weeks, which is the minimum, as you mentioned, that had like five to 12 weeks. If he misses more than that, this could get, it could get even worse. But I, we, we all know. Um, Carson Wentz has been a guy who's who's a relatively tough play. He gets injured a lot, but he's relatively tough, and he'll play through some stuff. And maybe it'll be for the worst of his health, but that's kind of <clears throat> the way he is. Uh, obviously, you saw Jonathan Taylor, and you saw a pretty good rushing attack. That they should be okay, even with the with the loss of a top, you know, the top offensive lineman in the league. I still think the rushing attack should be solid. Not to mention, you still have Naheem Hines and Mark. So that's a that's a pretty stacked running back room. You're not you have no shortage of like put up guys there, but you know the defense is also it's like it's a, it's a good team like it's just, it's a playoff team. Both injuries and stuff it gets tough, and you know it, I've seen crazier things happen. I can see them go go higher than this. I think I think this is a team that has a low floor and high ceiling, depending on how quick Carson Wentz in particular comes back. Um, I'm maybe the floor is probably like seven wins. I, yeah, I think the ceiling is maybe eleven wins if they really go on a tear at the end of the year. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really feeling. I agree. 
um, once again, great minds think alike. Uh, pretty much exactly alike. I have the Colts as my second team at nine and eight, and I had them uh, two wins higher uh, before before uh, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson both went down. I still think they can have a winning record. I think I think Carson Wentz will be productive in this Indianapolis system. I've said it a million times, um, but we're gonna have to wait till potentially midseason to even see it. So. And, you know, and I still think their defense is very good. Um, Darius Leonard, we talked about. DeForest Buckner is, you know, a monster. Uh, they they brought back Xavier Rhodes for the year. He kind of revitalized his career there. You know, some you know, you know, a lot of underrated pieces there. Um, it's just still a solid defense. They were very good last season. Um, uh, you know, I still think they can have a winning record at nine and eight. But like you said, it's just the injuries are going to kill them. They, I think, I might have had them as a playoff team before. Before the injuries happened, I don't know what would have been close, but um, 9 and 8 for the Colts for me as well. Yeah. So, this is tough. Up next, well, it's not tough, the next choice. The, the AFC South at this point is a very, in my opinion, it's, it's pretty predictable, the order at least. That'll yeah. be in. Up next is definitely the Jaguars. Now, this is a team that I'm, I'm very interested in. You got Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, one of the, the top prospects we've ever seen coming in the NFL. He's reports out of training camp, you know, or or as would expect, he's been doing relatively well. They've made additions over the offseason. They're still not that good of a team now. They're especially like they're, they're I feel like they're a team that's average or good everywhere, but they're not like really good anywhere. Um I have him chilling with five a, a five and twelve record. That'd be easily missing the playoffs. Um yeah, as I said, they've made a lot. They've made some good moves. I think they're they're in an upward trend. I think this the team in a couple of years could be really, I could be a really good team, depending especially how Trevor Lawrence develops. And I have no reason to expect that he wouldn't develop into one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this year, you know, rookie QB, it's it's not extremely common that rookie QBs go out and just having like crazy good years. Like Justin Justin Herbert had a really good year this year, and he broke a lot of records. But before that, it was not common at all. Maybe we're seeing a new trend, but I don't. Even with Justin Herbert having such a good year, the record of the Chargers was not good. <laughs> so um, you know, we'll see. I could be I could be far off on this one, but yeah, I don't expect him to have a winning record to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. I had them just one win higher than you at six and eleven. Um, they're going to be way better than they were last season with a single win. Obviously, you bring in Trevor Lawrence, uh, new running. You know, I, I didn't like the new move of bringing in Travis Etienne, but they did it. Uh, Marvin Jones comes in. Shaquille Griffin comes in. You know, a lot of revamped um, offense and defenses, a lot of revamped positions. Um, they're looking a lot better. But, you know, rookie quarterback, you come in there, they still don't have, like, a, a crazy talented roster. I don't see them making much noise in terms of a playoff push or a push for the division or anything like that. So uh, 6-11 is what I ended up having on this. Yeah, that's definitely fair. On to the next. This one should be pretty pretty obvious choice here. Texans, maybe the worst team in the NFL, and especially with Deshaun Watson probably at the door. They're listening to trade offers. I don't think he really wants to play in Houston as it is. Not to mention there are definitely some Legal stuff going on. I know he, he, um, I, he, there were some settlements that were made and that came out a while, a while ago. But I think, I think we even mentioned it. But, um, I haven't gone two and 15. Just, uh, it's a really 
not good. Like, it's really like I don't know many players on the Texans that I'd be excited to watch. Tyre Taylor's, if he's going to be the starting QB this year, has not. <laughs> he's kind of put out the the draw here. <laughs> I'm not excited about the Texans by any means. <laughs> Me neither. Um, once again, I just have uh, just one win ahead of you at three and fourteen. Um, they're just going to be awful. I don't expect Deshaun Watson to play for them this season. Um, they don't have a lot of weapons offensively. They have just about nobody defensively. Um, it's going to be an awful season. There's not much that I can really say about it. So, uh, yeah. AFC North, our, our home division time. All right. This is, yeah, this is a division. I'm, I'm pretty set in stone. Um, like, I mean, I've thought about a lot. But I'm not entirely set in stone. I the top three teams are only separated by two wins in my predictions. So after thought and consideration, the team I have winning the AFC North for the first time in probably 15 years or so, the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Yeah, I have them going 13 and four, uh, as I mentioned, which is one away, one win away from the second team, which is one away from the third team in this division set up so far and i think they've made all the right moves <clears throat> it's they added jadevian Clowney and they drafted well they drafted really well they got jok in the second round and like the browns roster doesn't have many holes to say the least <laughs> um you look around and it's just there's just talent everywhere baker mayfield is definitely the question he was i mean there's i've seen a lot of Baker Mayfield play, and I don't know if I agree with it all, but they definitely make some valid points. Last year, he was not playing at an extremely high level, and and pretty much since his rookie year, he has not been playing at a very high level. And I'm I'm not I'm not hating on him. I'm not sure if he's the quarterback I'd want with all that talent around him, but he's definitely by any means he's definitely a very serviceable quarterback. Like mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, I'd rather have than a lot of guys. He's still young. He's got a big arm, and um with proper coaching and stuff like he would, he played well last year. Um, unless like under like a lot of like football critics and stuff that know a lot more than me, you know, they go into the tape and stuff and they say stuff that, and they say why they don't think his style of play is going to be very, very sustainable. Um, and I like, I, I see their points, but I respectfully disagree and think they're going to go have a good record this year, 13 and four, won the division. And, um, but, you know, their team up there with, like, Bills, Titans, Ravens-type, like, definitely Super Bowl-type contender teams from the AFC. Yeah. Um, once again, smart man, smart man, as I have the Browns winning the division at 13-4. and um, they're, they're so talented. They're so talented. Um, obviously, they have Baker, who, you know, isn't, you know, a crazy, you know, isn't a top five quarterback or anything like that but he's definitely a serviceable guy um he's improved from his rookie season for sure or he had his rookie season then he kind of hit the wall and then he's definitely getting better after that um they have two you know running backs they could both be top 10 running backs on if if they played for different teams um they have odell who obviously is a question mark uh jarvis landry rashard higgins who baker's a big fan of austin hooper in my opinion they have the best offensive line in football by a decent margin um, they have top two edge rusher, Miles Garrett. You know, whether you put him at one or two, it's kind of your prerogative. Um, they brought in Jadavian Clowney. They got JOK, who was the steal of the draft, in my opinion. 
they addressed all their big issues. You know, with you know, they had the Denzel Ward. They they have Denzel Ward, but the issue was who do they have alongside Denzel Ward because Greedy Williams isn't working out. So they go and draft Greg Newsom in the first round. Well, their issue was their safeties then at that point because they were like, well, Delpit Grant Delpit was hurt last year, and we had to trade for Ronnie Harrison, which you know wasn't amazing, and Andrew Sandejo uh, was awful. So they got and they they signed John Johnson and Troy Hill, two more uh, safety in a corner there. So they, they they're stacked. In pretty much every position on the field, they're stacked. You know what I mean? There's going to be their four losses are just going to be games where Baker struggles. You know, throws a couple of picks, what this, that, and whatever else. Um, but Cleveland's for, for real. Cleveland is the real deal this season. I, I believe they're a Super Bowl contender, thirteen and four. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy to think just a couple of years ago they were going like seven. They were zero and seventeen, and our zero and sixteen, and they had the worst coach and possibly NFL history. This now. They've got an absolutely stacked roster. They made it to the playoffs last year. Made it past the rival Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> and they had a really good coach, in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a big Kevin Stefanski guy. Um, just, like, watching some of the things he does, it's just so good. And then he, you've got two top ten wide receivers. Uh, Odo Beckham is definitely top ten. Jarvis Landry is, like, borderline. I'd put him, like, top ten. Not not top five. I don't, they might, I don't think either of them are top ten. I mean, are top five. But... Two very good wide receivers, and you've got two top ten wide running backs, in my mind. So, like, on the offense, it's something. It's like, pick your poison. What are you going to do? Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odo Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper. And, you know, offensive line, that's really good. It's, like, it's scary. And then the defense, they made, they made all the right decisions. They drafted well. They added secondary pieces through free agency and the draft and everything they added. Jeff Davion Clowney, which, you know, that's kind of a luxury signing. I'm not sure. He's not really that. But, like, Jeff Davion Clowney isn't that good. <laughs> like, he's not a big – he's not really a big impact guy a lot of the times, I feel like. But he'll, he'll, make, he'll make plays. He was a number one overall pick a while ago, and he's, he's still good. But, he, like, I don't know if that's – he's not a top-tier edge rusher, but he's not bad by any means. And um, yeah, I think the Browns at 13-4 is definitely uh, a good pick. Yeah, as you said, definitely Super Bowl contenders. So I'm, I'm down with that. Now on to the second team in the AFC North. It's, it's tough here between our Pittsburgh Steelers, which I'm obviously going to be very biased towards, and the Baltimore Ravens. I ended up going with the Baltimore Ravens. Just, you know, I had to be realistic in my head here. Sitting at twelve and five, as I said, one win less than the Browns. They they're another team that you just look around and the roster is kind of just juiced. <laughs> the defense has a lot of really good pieces. They another team that drafted well. They have um, an offense where they they picked up Rashad Bateman, who was a player I really liked in the draft. I had him as like I'm not gonna go look. It would take too long, but he was definitely one of the top wide receiver prospects in my head. I think he might have been. Four. No, I okay. No, I, I Terrence Marshall pretty high, which Terrence Marshall has been tanned up in training camp. By the yes, way, I've heard that is. I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. So I had Rashad Bateman at five, and I wanted Indianapolis to draft him so bad, uh, it didn't end up working out. But the Ravens grabbed him, and um, he's another guy. He's he kind of reminds me of AJ Brown, and the fact that he's kind of um someone who's getting a lot of talk about his his catch after their 
I mean, his, his uh, yards after catch abilities in training camp, as well as his ability to open catch balls in a contested fashion. So that you try to get Sammy Watkins. Um, you lose an offensive lineman, but you already had a really good offensive lineman, and you, you got a first-round pick out of it. And so, I mean, the Ravens are they're another team. you got Lamar Jackson. They're going to be perennially, perennially good as long as Lamar Jackson's on the team. He's such a dangerous player. Even with the thing is, he gets all the hate for being like a running back, but it really works for him. And his passing, his passing statistics are like through the roof all the time. So it's hard for me to, I, I used to be a pretty big Lamar hater. It's hard for me to hate on Lamar Jackson at this point because it's ever since he stepped on the field for Joe Flacco, he's been an electric player. And it's just so fun to watch. It makes it hard for me to dislike him as a Steeler fan. But mm-hmm. I like, I don't, I don't think he, I'm not going to go out there and say he's on top. Pretty QB in the NFL, just because his style of play is pretty catered towards him and his system. But it works really well. He's been winning. He won MVP. He was the only. He's the unanimous MVP. So, mm-hmm. I think I think it's fair to say twelve and five, <clears throat> and I think they're probably going to be all wild card for sure. Like if the if the yeah. Browns don't win it, then like if the Browns, there's probably going to be, I barring any major injuries, there's going to be at least two AFC North teams in the playoffs. And I'm like, yes. say that. Yes. Um, I also have Baltimore at second in the division at 12 and 5. Um, very similar list for us here. Uh, like you said, Lamar Jackson. People love to hate on Lamar Jackson, but he's, he's an amazing quarterback. Um, the style of play that he did is just so unique, and it wins them games. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like he's holding them back with, by running the football. It's not like, man. We're not that good of a football team because Lamar Jackson cannot throw the ball. It's like they're winning these games because he runs the ball. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, hey, hate on him all you want. He's an absolute monster. But, like, yeah, like you said, they bring in Rashad Bateman. Uh, their receiver core is a lot better this season than it was previously because that was some the biggest issue that they had, you know, the, was not being able to throw the ball very well. They didn't have the talent. Um, Rashad Bateman can easily come in and be the number one wide receiver. Uh, I think there's a good chance he will. Defensively, um, they're still a solid team. You know, they lost Matt Judon, which is a bit rough. They bring in Justin Houston, who's an older player, you know, not a full, you know, not not like he's a better replacement or anything, but not bad. They have a very talented secondary, as they've always had. Uh, their linebacking core is pretty solid. Uh, a really good defense. And just with Lamar Jackson, you're not out of a single game. You, there's no game that you're just out of with Lamar Jackson. So um, I have Baltimore at 12-5 and five as well. Yeah, it's definitely good. And I've been I've been kind of uh, leaving out those running backs. I haven't talked about much running backs in my like main list. But Jay, they have they have J.K. Dobbins still, who was extremely good towards the end of the year. So obviously like their scheme is not abandoned by any means just because they had a lot of running backs. You still have that you can you're gonna be able to do a lot with J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson in the backfield. <clears throat> now moving on to the next team, which is for most people, unless you're a psychopath, you think the third team and the FC North is probably gonna be the Steelers. Just that this just the way that things go, um, and it's an aging, but and he hates an older Ben Roethlisberger, and we made some, some solid offseason moves. I I I have grown to love the draft um, that we had. I think the draft ended really well, um, but we did lose two of our starting cornerbacks, Stephen Nelson and Mike Hilton, which is extremely it's, a, it's the biggest losses of the offseason. Not to mention we also lost some O line. We lost Marquis Pouncey. Um, and Alejandro Villanueva, which and, David of- and, and David Castro, yeah, 
Um, so it's really hard to see. So like be an accurate predictor because a lot of these guys are younger. We also got in that Najee Harris. Uh, okay, well, you guys know my record. I already said it's one one win loss in the Ravens. I have them at eleven and six because I'm extremely biased. And the Steelers defense is still going to be top five for sure. There's no way, even with the losses, is I've got solid depth there. We've got Cam Sutton, who um, eh, you know he's he's relatively unproven. When he gets on the field, he's making some big impact plays. Um, and I'm I'm I have some relative belief in him. And then the slot cornerback, there's a lot of question marks. We got James Pearson, undrafted guy. The coaches seem really seem to love. There's Justin Lane, who was drafted third or fourth round out of Michigan State. He used to play wide receiver, which I thought was really interesting. And there's been a lot of question marks. He hasn't been playing terribly well um, in training camp from the reports. And there's some, there we drafted some guy this year too, who's also in the mix. So it's a very open competition. And I'm not sure who's going to be the starting slot cornerback come week one. But the number one and two, number two are locked in. And we obviously have two. We have Minka Fitzpatrick, who might be the best safety in the NFL. And Terrell Edmonds, who has his low lights, but he also has his highlights. And there's a lot of chemistry between them. But the, where the Steelers defense really goes off is this front seven. We have the best front seven in the NFL. And I, I don't think there's a lot that comes close to it. Highsmith. TJ Watt, you know, we've got Kim Hayward still, Stefan Tewitt, um, just the whole the whole squad. You can any player there, Devin Bush, Robert Spline, who even played pretty well. Like the defense is juiced, as the term I've used three three times this episode. It's just absolutely stacked. Now the offense, as there has been for a little bit, there's there's a lot of questions there. As I mentioned, for aging Ben Roethlisberger, we still have a really good wide receiver core with Claypool, um, Deontay Johnson, Jesus Schuster, and hopefully James Washington sticks around. We have Eric Ebron and then the new rookie, Pat um, Fryer, Fryer Muth from Penn State, who's been turning a lot of heads recently, the reports are saying. Um, the offensive line, and Najee Harris, we drafted Najee Harris, who is um, going to He's going to get his touches, and he's going to produce. Hopefully, he's efficient. Though. That's what we're looking for. I'm looking for an efficient running back, um, and hopefully that's what he is. It's project, PFF projects that he's going to get almost 300 carries this year, which is about like Le'Veon Bell level. I think Le'Veon Bell might have even gotten a little bit more back in his heyday. And um, Le'Veon Bell was productive and an efficient guy. So hopefully, Najee Harris can do the same. But with the offensive line questions, that's really the thing. That's going to hold the team back is the offensive line. They got so many young guys, and um, I keep forgetting that David DeCastro retired. Um, did he officially retire? I think he's just on the. I, I thought he did, but I I'm, I'm not. Was, Either way, he he's not on the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore, and I keep forgetting about it. Then it comes to mind. It makes me a little bit discouraged and sad, yes. but. I have high hopes for my hometown team. I'm again. I'm interested to see what your record is. Yeah, um, you I have them at eleven and six. I have them <laughs> just. I, no, you do. I have them one lower. I oh, I thought, you, I thought you said. It. I thought you were gonna have the same one again. I was like, no, that's. I had them at ten and six or ten and seven. I actually had them at nine and eight or when we first started this episode, but I, I opted to ten and seven. Um, <laughs> I'm not as high. Uh, we just seeing last season, you know. 
we started off 11-0, which was crazy. But at the end of the season, just seeing how low we were capable of going, I'm just it, it, it makes me discouraged. And then you come forward, because we weren't able to run the ball at all last season, at all. We were dead last in the league in running the ball. And um, it, it came down to it. We, we didn't have a good running back, and our offensive line was not performing well. And we took our offensive line, and now five, four out of our five starters are no longer with us on this team. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva is in Baltimore. David DeCastro is on the market. Marquis Pouncey retired. And uh, Matt Filer is with the Chargers. So now four out of our five starters are no longer with the team, offensive line-wise. We did get Najee Harris, obviously, but I'm a big believer in Najee Harris. I'm just questioning, really, how effective will the running game be with this new offensive line? It's a big question mark, obviously. Um, new offensive coordinator. A defense, you know, we have an amazing defense. A defensive line that is, you know, a top top two, top three defensive line in the NFL. Um Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously a beast. Joe Hayden and, and Cam Sutton, solid players. Devin Bush. Um, it just, it just doesn't feel right. We lost a lot of players. The continuity of Pittsburgh, you know, we're not, we don't have that continuity this season that we usually do. It just, I don't know. It just feels, it just doesn't feel right. You know, people are. I don't think we're going to be as bad as people are saying. Where we're going to have our Tomlin's going to have his first losing record, and we're going to be awful. It just, it doesn't feel like a Pittsburgh Steelers season. I had nine and eight. I, I upped it to 10 and 7, but I'm honestly still on the border of 9 and 8, 10 and 7. I'll say 10 and 7. Um, I'll, I'll be optimistic, I guess, with, with my team, but um, um, I don't know. I don't think we're. I, I, hmm, I might bump us back down to 9 and 8. You know what? I, mm, 9 and 8. I hate to say it. Ah, tough. I hate to say it. I'm going 9 and 8. It just. It just doesn't doesn't feel as right, and I don't know how much weight we can really put on the shoulders of Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career. Um, obviously, we know that he can throw the deep ball a lot more than he did last season, but can we, you know, at, at almost 40 years old, can we count on him to reliably throw the ball deep at a, at a consistent clip? Can we rely on him to stay healthy throughout the season? Can we rely on this offensive line to keep him upright? Can we, can, you know... Yeah. Are we going to be able to rely on these the new guys in the starting in starting roles defensively? Can we rely on Robert Blaine and Cam Sutton and the whoever the third corner ends up being, whether James Pierre or Trey Norwood or you know whoever it whoever it ends up being? Can we can we rely on Alex Highsmith? All the, there's so many question marks for the Steelers. I, they leave me with more questions than answers. And boy, would I love them to go better than nine and eight. But I, nine and eight is my prediction. Now, you make some very fair points, but the Steelers do have, uh, I think, the second easiest schedule in the NFL, which... Um, no, we have the, the schedule. We have the, the hardest schedule in the NFL. Okay, I'm just really dumb. I know we had to, like... A, okay, well, never mind then. But I, I have a big old, um, a big old Microsoft Excel thing I have. Um, and then I, I turn it online, and then I just go through when I make these. I just go through, and I count how many times I think we're going to lose. I like a team that's what team like how many times I think the team is going to lose, and um, I counted six. So I did, I wrote these up all like three weeks ago, so I don't exactly remember. Yeah. But I'm I'm big on the new coaching staff, and I'm big on. I, I you're definitely right. I definitely think you're right in saying that the veteran presence the Steelers had for so many years is kind of gone <laughs> and it's yeah. definitely 
I, I'm less optimistic than I have been, but I am also hyped to see what the Steelers can do. I really have to see Najee Harris, and I really think he's he's gonna. I think really think he's gonna be good. I don't know if he's gonna bring us from 31, 32 in the league to even average, but I'm hoping he's just enough stability in the run game and that we can maybe get some play action going, open up the deep pass. Hopefully, we can do something with Smith Schuster this year. And open up the passing game. Deontay Johnson can fix some drop issues, hopefully. Um, there's a lot of what ifs. And I'm definitely, you know, showing a lot of Steelers fan bias right now by having him at 11 6. And I think your prediction is probably a little bit more realistic. But, you know, if I don't have bias, what do I have? <laughs> I so I think it's realistic with if my predictions come true. There could be three AFC North teams in the playoffs. Um, but obviously the Steelers are the big question mark. I'm, I'm, I'd say it's like 98% chance that both the Ravens and the Browns are in the playoffs, barring any major injury. And we're on to the Bengals, obviously going to be the last team in the AFC North. Uh, they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're another team that's on the up and up. But there's a lot of question marks. Um, I have them going 5-13. and 13. Um, so we have to, there's Joey, Joey B. Well, Chilling. it would be five and, it would be five and 12. Yeah. New, new schedules got me messed up a little bit. I need five and 12. So Joey B went down with that big old ACL tear. And the reports out of training camp that I've talked a lot about, talked a lot about reports out of training camp, which I think maybe I'm a little bit over, uh, Maybe I'm thinking about the reports out of training camp just a little too much. So I don't think they're going to mean everything. Like Chase, Chase, um, uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. I'm stupid. Um, Jamar Chase has been like not doing as good in training camp as they expected. I don't think he's going to do bad in game. I think he's just adjusting to the new landscape. And obviously, Joe, like Joe Burrow, is also adjusting after his injury and whatever. But it's this question the thing is, the O-line is still so bad. The, the offensive line in Cincinnati is, like, bottom tier. Um, their defense, although has some solid pieces, they've, like, they've got Jesse Bates, um, a secondary that's pretty good. It's just not, like, they lost Carl Lawson, and they lost, um, they, they, they did bring in Trey Hendrickson. But I, I it's, like, I'm not a I'm not a believer in the Bengals in that match. I mean, I think five and twelve is is pretty realistic. I could see them maybe getting like nine and eight, um, if they really get on a roll and mm-hmm. stuff starts going. I'm not such a firm believer in Joe Joe Burrow. I know you're a pretty firm believer in Joe Burrow. I'm not really. I've kind of gotten cold on Joe Burrow in recent months. Mm. It just I like Joe Burrow. The situation he's in, it just doesn't seem very good. For a guy who's already not that mobile and already doesn't have a super strong arm, um, and now you're and not coming off an injury and stuff, it's just tough. Um, so that, that's my take there. Five in the twelve for the Bengals coming last place for the AFC North. Um, I have them in last place for the AFC North, obviously, but I have them at seven and uh, ten. They're just, you know, I'm I am a bigger believer in Joe Burrow than you. Um, we know that, um, I guess. I'm a bigger believer in Joe Burrow than some. 
Um, I, I think they have really good skill positions. Obviously, Joe Mixon is a solid player. Their receiver core is very good. Uh, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Um, I'm a big believer in that. Their, their, their offensive line is shaky. It's very bad. You know, there are all the reports in training camp about how, just how much uh, pressure Joe Burrow was facing that he, he couldn't really he couldn't get a throw off in practice because there was so much pressure. But um, I've seen different reports as time goes on. It's getting a little bit better. Um, Joe Burrow's kind of starting to perform pretty well in training camp as of late. Um, you know, defensively, they, they might not have got a little better. Um, they lost William Jackson. Um, they lost Carl Lawson. They bring in Trey Hendrickson. But Jesse Bates is obviously a beast, top five safety in the league, in my opinion. Um, Jesse Bates is a monster. I, th- I, I think that's, that's enough to get him to seven wins. You know, the, the few defensive pieces, you know, Sam Hubbard, Jesse Bates, uh, Trey Hendrickson now, the few defensive pieces that they have can, <laughs> I believe, will, will do something to, to hold them to seven and ten. I think they're offensive firepower. I think they're just going to be a pass-heavy offense with their three solid wide receivers. Um, and Joe Burrow, you know, I think hopefully – I know in training camp they haven't been running uh, their second-round pick, Jackson Carmen, with the first-teamers. Um, you know, hopefully they'll start doing that, <laughs> run him with them, and hopefully boost their offensive line a bit. But, you know, we'll see what happens out of that. But, uh, you know, 5 and 11 or 5 and 12 for you is realistic. I have him 7 and 10. You know, I feel like neither of those are really out of the realm of possibility. So, yeah, yeah that's fair. I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I think you make good points. Like, I definitely am a little bit low on the Bengals. And, um, you know, I'm a little bit, I guess there's some, some else of some like reverse bias there because the Bengals and Steelers aren't really like big. <laughs> yeah. Or not teams like long too well, but I mean it's like I'm not like I don't I don't entirely disagree. I think we had the same premises, but I was just a little bit more uh, firm that I, I don't think they're that good. And um, like I, I could see it, I could definitely see them going like seven and ten. Like that's not that's definitely not unrealistic by any realm of possibilities. Um, so that, that finishes off. The AFC record predictions will be coming back relatively soon. Hopefully, we don't get um go on another three week hiatus from uploading episodes. <laughs> that was that was pretty long time, but we'll run it back. And that was a lot of news. This is an hour and a half episode. These like record predictions don't take that long. Um, the like, news took forever. <laughs> the news just took like an hour. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but it was a good one. Um. We'll have this on the Instagram soon. We'll be back with you soon. Um, you know, as per usual, uh, let us know what you want to see. Let us know what's going on with you. Any suggestions you got, hit us up. And uh, you got any parting thoughts here, Joe? Yeah, also, like, you need to tell us uh, some name predictions, some name uh, suggestions. I've kind of also not, I've kind of gotten less and less. Um, like, I don't think our the new name we've been talking about, which is the Overcharge Podcast. I don't really think that's that cool. <laughs> and it would do. I think, I don't know if it's, if it's, but I don't know if it's that much better than the one we already have. Um, but, I mean, that's up to you. I'm, I'm not really too uh, too worried about the name, honestly. But if there's someone has a cool suggestion, I'm down. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll know. listen. Yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> we kind of went on and on this episode. So, uh, hopefully it was so enjoyable i i think we got our takes out pretty well and um obviously sure. we like to get predictions and stuff too so go ahead and comment that on the ig post whenever it comes out 
Yeah. And until next time. Yeah, from us here at the Colin and Joe Show, we are peacing.